my commissions and my bread and butter. You should talk wine. about the cinema a bit more and have fun that was. I wasn't meant for that kind of work. It took about three hours in total to get the full detail of what I'm, you know, like my peak work. But I was trying to cut it down and time myself and write little challenges, you know, try and do one in half an hour. It's harder to sell yourself without a more recognised portfolio. Unlike Hannah, I'm not able to flog my work straight away, <laughs> which is one of the difficult things with coming from a more performative side, I'd say, is being able to go, oh, look at what I've done and without getting up a YouTube video. This is Artie Party. Celebrating participatory arts in the Northeast. My name's Jay Sykes, and every week we have conversations with artists and creatives in the Northeast talking projects and passions, events and exhibitions, artistic practice and advice. Today, Hannah Ridge. Hello. Hannah Ridge, please introduce yourself as an artist. I am an artist. <laughs> um, I'm an illustrator and a portrait artist, and I uh, studied at the University of Sunderland and graduated uh, two years ago this summer. And I've been freelancing ever since. How do you find the world of freelancing post-university? It's It peaks and then there are very quiet times. So the summertime tends to be very busy. Christmas time will have a huge peak. January is a bit like tumbleweeds rolling past. Mm. That's a quiet one. guess we'll be talking more into the show about the struggles of how you face that seasonal kind of activity, yeah. those peaks and troughs. Let's introduce our other guest today, Cam Finn! With a PH, just to be awkward. No. <laughs> Cam, please introduce yourself as an artist or creative. Hello, I'm Cameron. I'm a creative and an artist. Just going against what you said there. Not, not all, both. <laughs> <laughs> Don't to change that and or a yeah okay we should do that in the future just to be inclusive <laughs> I say we are this like as if I'm going to be here again I'll come back please I get lonely sometimes <laughs> what's your sphere of work my sphere of work yeah I'm a drama graduate from the University of Exeter I um, focused a lot on character acting and I did uh, a lot of stand up as well hmm. so I'm a struggling stand up at the moment which is why I work in a bar and on a golf course. You're here in Sunderland, despite graduating from Exeter. Yeah. Are you originally from up here? Or? I'm originally from Washington, and uh-huh. um, I, uh, me and my mum were, were very similar people, so when we got on, it was uh, we got on like a house on fire, and when we didn't get on, the house ended up on fire, so I decided to move to the furthest university away as possible, just for a bit of creative <laughs> freedom. What is the furthest point on the south end of the country? And it was either that or Plymouth, and uh, Bleed Green, obviously Exeter, so we hate Plymouth. So what brings you back up here? I moved back up here because I was working in a hotel. I can't tell this story, really. (laughs) So these are our two guests in the studio today, both recent graduates, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, two years ago for me, one year ago for Cam. And we'll be talking about their lives as creative people and also, like, what's going on in their world at the moment. This is Artie Party. If you have any questions for either of our guests today, please do tweet us in. Our Twitter is at Artie Party. That's at Artie with a Y. Party with an I. Why I? Why I? (laughs) (laughs) Hannah, your work is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. How can people find it if they're interested in like looking as they listen? What's your website? My website is hannahrich.net. I'm going to type that in right now. Hannahrich.net. .net. And you can find me on oh. social media at hannahrichillustrator. Okay, found it. First thing I get thrust with is like incredible portraits of all people from, from history. 
Yes. I understand you were recently doing a 100-day challenge. That's right. So what is this 100-day challenge thing you do? So I found it on Instagram. A couple of my, a couple of people that I follow, I saw them doing it over like the past year, and I wanted to get involved. It's a worldwide project, and it officially starts on I think it's the second of April and runs until mid July. And it's not necessarily for illustration, it's for any art practice. In fact, I saw one girl on Instagram who was getting a load of attention. I think she was playing the saxophone, different songs, every day for a year. It's just doing what you do, whether that's a hobby or a job, for 100 consecutive days and trying to commit to that. I love the idea of something like that that takes practice and makes it malleable yeah. for what you focus on. Could have a hundred days of stand-up. Yeah, but even a hundred days of just doing my regular day job as well—that seems a bit, <laughs> a bit much. I mean, that must be so challenging, like creating a portrait every day. It is. I wanted to do a few different things, which is why I set out on the actual project in the first place. So I wanted to experiment with different mediums. So I traditionally work in graphite pencil, and I wanted to then try and incorporate mixed media like watercolour, gel pens, things like that. Another goal was to try and work faster and to try and reduce the detail down. So I spend usually on a full portrait of, say, like on an A4 paper. It take about three hours in total to get the full detail of what I'm, you know, like my peak work. But I was trying to cut it down and time myself and write little challenges, you know, try and do one in half an hour. Try and do one in 20 minutes. Did you manage? I did. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. Though. Not to my normal standard. It was a different style, more stylized. Mm-hmm. And as I say, I was doing, I was filling in a lot of what would usually be really tiny pencil strokes with more suggestive watercolour, especially on clothing and hats and things like that, or hair even. Mm. Yeah, so it was cutting down the time, which was great. I love projects like that that yeah. get you to test your ability. And one that I did when I was younger as a wannabe writer was mm-hmm. the NaNoWriMo month where you've got to try and write a 50,000-word novel in the space of a month. Oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I know writers who, to this day, like live by that idea that it's just about pushing through. And once the work's out there, it can be edited. So yeah. just trying to get the technique. It's like swimming. Like You've got to learn the technique before you pick up the speed, to an extent. Yeah. I used to be a competitive swimmer as well. Really? Yeah, I can say swimming's a rather a lot easier than writing especially for me <laughs> how many times did I break down during writing my dissertation a few I got a few phone calls of I just can't do this oh no <laughs> after three years of university I was like I'm dropping out I mean, it's just not working I'm just, I don't know anything more about the curious citizen and the dog in the night time that is a good play I've never seen it and I managed to write what? my entire dissertation on the tech <laughs> and the tech choices of the curious incident of the dog in the night time and I've never seen it Cam, you are missing out. I know. Like, I, just, I think I managed to blag my way through 8,000 words. Dissertate. Do we want to talk about dissertations? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what was yours? I can't remember the exact title, but it was on the depiction of different ethnicities within children's books. Mm. And it was related to topics that were historically accurate and sort of questioning the accuracy. Mm. So there are children's books which received a lot of controversy depicting slavery the holocaust and my dissertation sort of questioned whether you should approach those subjects to a child if you can't approach it fully or should you make it look nicer in an illustration 
than it was. Wow. So it was a bit of a hard-hitting one, Yeah. But I got a first. Congratulations. <laughs> Imagine being immersed in that every day, though. That must have consumed you when writing it. I mean, I love history as a subject, so I was trying to sort of disconnect myself from the emotion of it because, obviously, the horrific circumstances. But I was looking into, like, fashions and dress and how they were depicted obviously because it's all visual within the illustration and that's what I was focusing on rather than the written content Mm. so I was trying to find you know different things where it wasn't so hard-hitting within the the illustrations. I'm surprised that both of you did such theoretical dissertations rather than something that's more of a practical project. We have to do a practical project as well as the two final final major pieces Uh, we have one practical project and then a dissertation as well. So for my mm-hmm. final practical project, we did a comedy sketch show exploring themes from the Bible and uh, contextualising them. That was fun, and we, we set out all these different goals to achieve as well and uh, achieved none of them, which is why I got a, <laughs> I got a great mark in my Viva, which is the, the discussion with the lecturer afterwards. And they were you like, had a Viva? Yeah. Usually, I mean, at Sunderland, I know that Vivas don't happen until, like, PhD level. Uh, uh, who are very important, actually. Yeah, so one of the first questions was, uh, how do you think it went? And uh, my response was, awful. Absolutely horrendous. We didn't do anything we set, and then he just went, tick. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> thank, thank you. And I think I got a higher mark than everyone else on the Viber as well, and I just slated everything that we did. But I suppose I did it in a creative way, as well, not creative way, a constructive way, that yeah. Yeah. said like we didn't approach it correctly. And also it was all about the Bible as well. So we, we, we toyed with other religions and we were like, I think we're all too white and too Christian mm. or derivations thereof to really... And approaching it from what you know rather than wider research. Yeah, and the risk of insensitivity. Oh. So we don't want to offend anyone. Because that must be an issue when it comes to creating something in, in, in the focus of comedy. Oh, yeah, we get... Um, we can get slated for even doing accents and things like that. We've had it before. And the Exeter Review nearly got disbanded because of it, which was the comedy group at the university. I'd love if we could not get disbanded. And then... <laughs> this group, Exeter Review. Yeah. I Do don't think it exists anymore as well. Does it not? No. Do you find that there's groups like this in the northeast that it's easy to join in on comedy I'd circuits? S- it's hard to actually get involved with these groups. A lot of them are quite closed off I mean I haven't searched too far because I have to do my day job a lot and I need money to afford to live your day jobs day jobs yes I mean both of you like coming out of university and trying to make a career out <laughs> of a creative living mm. it, it must be a a challenge yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're not being honest if you say that it's, oh, no, it's easy, you know. Yeah, it's I think it's, I did it's a thing difficult. <laughs> it's difficult for everyone when the first... I mean, maybe you get the lucky few that walk straight into a job, particularly, like, in a creative field, though. I think you have to push yourself. Take that's, your that's lumps some, as well. Yeah, definitely. I feel for me, as, a, as an artist, it's easier, that's more marketable than a skill, like, say, acting. I can freelance, whereas mm-hmm. Cam would have to be in a group or in a production or... And it's hard committing to groups and stuff when you've got work as well. And I do shift work. Yeah, it's just like you can't commit to doing anything. So I can say I can do this here and there, I can do this here and there, but you're never going to get anything to be gain any notoriety from. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you work two jobs at the moment. Yes. One of them, you said, was overnight. So you were up at 3.30 this morning. Yes, I was. Bless you. I work as a greenkeeper. I've just started and I'm very tired. (laughs) 
both emotionally be. and physically. Yeah, it must be draining. See, I used to be able to, when I was younger and much healthier, I could I could run on three hours sleep. Uh, but I suppose that I have ADHD as well, so I have like a controlled medication, which is a stimulant. So as soon as I take that half an hour later, I'm like, I'm ready to do anything. Yay! It's uh, kind of the equivalent of a coffee in the morning. But I have that with coffee, so it's like turbocharged. <laughs> coffee <laughs> times ten. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not allowed, I usually wasn't allowed fizzy drinks or caffeinated drinks when I was younger because my mum said I was too much of a liability and wouldn't allow me out in public places. <laughs> One of the things that we like to do here in Arty Party is talk about advice for emerging creatives. And as you guys are also, I mean, you're still in that period of being emerging creatives from university. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any words that you could pass on to people just coming out that might be really useful? Say yes to everything. Every opportunity yeah. you have, just throw yourself out completely. It might take up a lot of time or you might lose out on money, but if you if you can afford to do it, obviously put you, yourself first and your own health and finances first, but throw yourself every opportunity that you get because a lot of the time it's not going to come around again. I have to say the same. I, you know, my mindset changed when I started saying just yes to things, you know, as a, as a default for the majority of the time. Because it's very easy, I think, when you... You haven't got like that safety net of university when an opportunity presents itself to you to talk yourself out of it and say like, no, I can't, or no, I'm not good enough or whatever. I haven't got the experience yet. But I think you, you gain the experience as you go. And if you don't take the opportunity, you'll, ne- you'll never get that experience. So it's best to just, I think, walk into a room knowing that you're not the most experienced person there, but you, you will get there if you just keep pushing. So every year there is a company called Equality Northeast that runs from Gateshead College. They commissioned me last year and every year they run an awards show to recognise businesses that are you know, making big strides in equality and diversity. So there are a lot of award winning businesses there and my artwork was, was the prize for last year. So the winners of the award would get a piece of your artwork? Yeah, and they were prints. So the project that we were given was it was 100 years since women won the right to vote. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it was like a collage of illustrations that I produced for Gateshead College. It was a visual timeline of lots of women who had made a big impact on pushing forward women's rights and women's achievements within the last 100 years. So how did the commission come about in this instance? Strangely, my mum is a creative as well. She runs a business called Rustic Seasons, which is wood burning and customised gifts and things. She's so expansive, the amount of things that she does, wedding boxes and children's fairy doors, tooth fairies and Christmas elves and stuff. Wow. And, Rustic um, Seasons. <laughs> so Andrea, who was the manager at Equality New Northeast, was my mum's customer and she saw me working at the dining table and commissioned me. <laughs> Here I was expecting to ask you, how did this commission come about? Well, I was like asking around and I was chasing down people. But in this instance, they found you. They found me, yeah. Based on the quality of your work and on a connection. Yeah, right place, right time. In that instance. <laughs> 
but right place right time as many times as possible yeah it's putting yourself in the right place and not being afraid <laughs> to sell your work when someone's standing at your dining room table saying what are you doing yeah. and then you start talking about your achievements and the commissions that you've got on you know i've just got some work upstairs wait there i'll go and show you <laughs> <laughs> everything's you, a sales pitch <laughs> yeah you very easily at that moment could have said no you, you can have my work yes it'd be great to have it featured yeah in this awards but that's where you didn't you got to have the business head on yeah is that ever difficult it's a performance i guess in a way you switch and you've got to think, all oh, right, OK, this is the opportunity and I've just got to go for it. Because worst comes worst, it's a no, but it could be a yes. Could be a yes. Could be a yes. Our other guest in the studio, alongside Hannah Rich, illustrator, is Cameron Finn. Yes. You did a performance degree. Yes, I did my drama degree at Exeter, as previously mentioned. Unlike Hannah, I'm not able to flog my work straight away, <laughs> which is one of the difficult things with coming from a more performative side. I'd say is being able to go, oh, look at what I've done and without getting up a YouTube video. It's harder to sell yourself without a more recognised portfolio. Especially because it's not work that you produce that lasts yeah. necessarily. The work that you produce is momentary and it's, it's almost like, like Dadaism. Right. So have happy I used channel? a big word there. <laughs> I, I, do, I, oh my, I do have a YouTube channel actually and it's. Uh, I don't know whether to say it or not because at the moment you don't it's have just, a professional. YouTube I don't have a professional channel. YouTube channel. Let's just channel. clarify that. <laughs> on my YouTube channel, there are videos of me um, doing impressions of Smeagol from Lord of the Rings to my cats. Oh, and um, oh, they, well, they, you found an audience there. Yeah, <laughs> the, my, my cat just just walks away from me looking confused. <laughs> I, it, it's filmed at like 480p. It's an old video, it's right? It's a very. I think I was 16. <laughs> Oh, bless you. 16 or 17. I don't know. You can probably tell what year it was, but depending on what I was wearing from the different phases of Cameron, going from Chav to, to Emo to Chavy Emo, <laughs> long hair Cameron. Yeah, hippie Cameron. Hippie like, Cameron, Like yeah. quintessential university student Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> when I decided haircuts are too expensive, especially when I'm living down south and I grew up my hair. Very long. Very long. I mean, that probably is a good way to be thinking about getting your work out there. I am actually looking at that at the moment. I'm looking at video editing, uh, trying to find a decent video editing software that I can afford with my budget of zero pounds, <laughs> which is hard, especially when they're like, look, we have a free software for you. Yay, yay, yay. If you want to actually publish something, give us 50 grand. And I'm like, OK, no, thank you. What are you using at the moment for video? Are you still uh, nothing, nothing. Nothing. I, I did a lot more sound-based stuff at uni as well, along with lighting design, mm. which I'm still waiting to hear back from the Sunderland Empire and ATG group, but they haven't contacted me back yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit upset. But it seems but, like a good strategy for you would be creating memeable content that gets you shared in some... Yeah, sort of like the likes of Gus Johnson on YouTube and stuff. Have you ever seen Gus Johnson, no. He does loads of little sketches. He was actually on Comedy Central recently. Was he? Yeah, yeah. He, he just started on YouTube... He got his own five-minute slots on Comedy Central. He did one where I think he just did, like, a stand-up show for one audience member at a festival where it was just him in this small tent with one audience member doing stand-up for them. And I'm like, that is brave. Because <laughs> <laughs> so stand-up's so much easier with big audiences because mm. people like to copy other people, like, naturally. It's why they have laugh tracks on things like, like How I Met Your Mother and Friends. Because if you hear someone else laughing, you're more likely to laugh yourself. Because you don't want to be the odd one out. But if it's just you and a comedian, yeah, that could either be fantastic or really daunting. Yeah, it's it's 
it's one of the worst things you say is when someone goes, what do you like to do for fun? You're like, I do stand-up comedy. And they're like, oh, tell us a joke then. And I'm like, it's, it's not how it works. I'd perform to an audience. It just it doesn't have the same effect. I can I can tell the same joke to one person and get a, <laughs> and then this is, I, when I first told it at Pottermore Festival, I had the audience in fits of laughter, and you can't prove that because there's no video evidence. But <laughs> contrast that to illustration. Mm-hmm. Do you have what kind of relationship do you need to strike with your audience in in that world? Well, it depends because it for something like the hundred day project that was something that I was that I was posting on Instagram which was almost geared to a wider audience. So I was using celebrities as a reference point, trying to pick popular celebrities, celebrities that people like, that might engage with it. And I got some celebrity feedback as well from the likes of Tyra Banks and Seth Rogen. And <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they, they were like the, bi- the biggest names, yeah. There was also a Fantastic. cartoonist for... The New York Times, who found my work and started liking some of the illustrations that I did. I think one is, was of Seth Rogen and the other was of Margot Robbie. And he wasn't someone that I'd tagged and illustrated as, like, you know, paying homage to him. He, he found my work, and I, that was mind-blowing. But for something like a custom commission, which is what I do a lot of to, to make money, then it's one-on-one customer service. You're trying to capture someone's relative or someone's pet or a family portrait and then it's much more focused like you said with a big audience as opposed to one person it's like there's there's almost no in between of just a few people Mm. for me and how do you find those custom commissions really enjoyable but I do a lot of (laughs) which I say all the time is I draw a lot of dogs and dead people (laughs) oh that's what I get commissioned most of the time, is people's dogs or memorial portraits. Or dead dogs. Or dead dogs. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, I completely understand because I was at the arts market that I met you guys yes. at yeah. a couple of weeks ago and there was this woman there who was selling like pet portraits. Yeah. And uh, in my mind, just like, oh, my cat's got FIP, which is probably means she's only going to last another year, so I must get her to commission this, this photo of both of them and get her to draw that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that... That must be a drain sometimes, perhaps. It was when I first started. I used to really, because, you know, when people tend to commission me, if it's for a memorial portrait, it's fresh. People want to eternalise people on paper, and it's usually just happened that they're that passing, you know. So I, I get a lot of people's full stories of what's happened to them. Yeah. And at first I was saying to my mum, like, I don't I don't think I can do this. This is really, like, hard. But over time, I think you just sort of start approaching it more professionally and you get sort of hardened to people's personal stories. Thank you. I'm interested to hear how both of you like manage your time because I know that you, yourself, Cam, you've got the two jobs that you're working at at the moment. Are you working part-time anywhere, Hannah? I've picked up odd jobs here and there. I oh. used to work at the cinema. I recently <laughs> worked <laughs> I recently worked um, at a salon, but my commissions are my bread and butter. You should talk why. about the cinema a bit more and have fun that was. I wasn't meant for that kind of work. 
I worked with lovely people, people who still, we still go to the cinema now. I've got a yeah. friend that works there and I bumped into my old boss and it was lovely to go in and catch up with people. But uh, that sort of shift work wasn't for me. Working on the clothes and finishing it like 2am and then having a morning shift. Mm. It's just a lot. I don't like shift work. Created the eternal hatred of uh, natural cheese. Oh, the amount of oh, cheese that I had to clean up. Oh no. Natural cheese. So when if a cam goes, he gets nachos, like covered in everything. It means I get them to myself as well. I don't have to share them. <laughs> and I just have like almost post-traumatic stress about it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to sit next to this and smell this again. I'm sorry for laughing at you, but yeah, <laughs> so true. And then, of course, you guys are together as well. Yes. So, I mean, I'd love to ask how, how you spend your time, like, uh, between different roles and you say that bread and butter work is illustration but for yeah. you it's the other way around Cam yeah how does that work for you guys well a lot of the time Hannah will be working when I come over to visit uh, especially during the hundred days that oh, was um, yeah. I'd come over like hi babe hi nice to see you what we're doing today she's like well you're going to watch a film I'm just going to finish off the work that I've got to do <laughs> and I'm like yeah in half an hour okay <laughs> <laughs> But we do we do a lot of creative stuff when we when we go out. We love to go to the theatre. We're booked yeah. up to see Book of Mormon. Yes. So yeah, we recently saw Kinky Boots as well with our friends. And yeah. We're excited to go back to the theatre with our friends again. It's, it's originally a, it was a double date crew sort of thing, but I think it's just turned into a theatre goers crew. At yeah, the we're just keen theatre goers. <laughs> well, well, three of us are. Yeah, and Gordon's a good spot. Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> Gordon looks uh, bewildered and bemused a lot of the time and just stares at me and is like, how do you get this? How do you get this, Cameron? It just doesn't make sense. And I'm like, it's fine. It's Just laugh Why politely. are they singing? Why are they bursting the song? <laughs> people don't do that in real life. Oh, you don't spend enough time around creative people, my dear boy. <laughs> is it hard to find the moments in the day where you need to be creative and work on your skills and make work i i stay up late a lot i i'm not very i'm good at sleeping i'm good at managing sleep but i don't sleep very often <laughs> so when you do when, when you I, uh, so yeah so if i if i get in and i'm bored like after like a, a day out with hannah or something and i'm still excited from all the fabulous things we've been doing together all the activities <laughs> uh, then um <laughs> I made that sound worse than it than it was, didn't I? We just play board games most of the time. <laughs> then I'll go home and I'll write, and I usually a lot of my stand-up stuff I'll write from it's all from experience. The majority of it is true or extended truth, mm-hmm. uh, like pushing things a bit further, mm-hmm. uh, just to find more of the comedy aspect in it. But I use comedy to deal with a lot of things, which isn't very good. Uh, because it, it can be a great way by yourself to be able to just laugh at things and make jokes out of things. But say when you're at a funeral and then you start giggling to yourself because you're trying to see the funny side of it, it it's not great, which has only happened twice. Is <laughs> <laughs> that because you don't get invited back to the Yeah, no, I didn't more, get funerals invited, no more funerals, yeah. I suppose kind of, in a way it's kind of a good thing, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm just imagining people handing out invites for a funeral. So here you go. Oh no! I mean, it's in the paper. There's no invitation. <laughs> if you've just joined us here at Ossie Tarsi, <laughs> we're chatting with Hannah Rich, illustrator, and Cameron Finn. 
comedian here at Arty Party. And if you've got any questions about either of these two lovely people and their journeys post-university, whether they've got any advice to offer, then please get in touch. One more time, our Twitter is at Arty Party. at Arty with a Y, Party with an I. Why Why I? Why don't you? I don't. Instagram? I, I, I come from a very poor background, and by very poor background, I mean I've got very bad money management skills. So I've never been able to afford a phone to take good enough pictures, or even a camera to take pictures with. So I was like, why do I need? Why do I need Instagram? Like it's, is, it's just for pictures. No, your camera quality is better than mine. I know I it, it is now. I've only had this phone for like a year though, and it's just More it just seems time. like work. <laughs> People say about Twitter as well, they're like, you should get Twitter, you like arguing with people, and I'm like, yeah, do a bit. Twitter's perfect round for comedians. I know, perfect. but it's, it's, it's just a bit of effort. You right, know. and I find that too. I find, I hate, like, having to, like, juggle my time between Arty Party and Speak Up Sunderland and Solo Arts and myself as well, and, like, being active yeah. on all these different social media accounts. Yeah, I, I, I probably could, like, I'm not going to lie, I probably could quite <laughs> easily, but it, it's just, just starting... Once I, I've got a weird work ethos. It's like if a job's worth doing, it's worth doing well. Yes. But not until I start it. <laughs> so I put off starting things for a long time. I did my dissertation in what a week? Mm. A week. Uh, not advised. Not advised. Not Definitely Don't not do advised. That. Don't do that. Turn up to all your lectures as well. And just do everything you can because you don't want to end up like me. Because luckily I was very, very fortunate to have people who helped me. These people are Hannah and my mother. Big up, big ups to my mum. <laughs> Respect wherever you are. She's in Vietnam at the moment. I know. I, I envy her. Ooh. Hey. I think I've gone off on a few too many tangents, haven't I? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were chatting social media, I suppose. Yeah, social like, media. Because I know that you use it a lot, Hannah. That's mm. like your main way of putting your work out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's free advertisement. So for an artist who works in a visual media, it's sort of a no-brainer. Especially Instagram. Instagram's the... The big one. Uh-huh. Twitter, I, I tried. I've tried. I have it. I don't use it. <laughs> I maybe post something like every three months. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I still exist. And it's usually a link to somewhere else. <laughs> it is difficult, though, like trying to jostle between all the different places. Yeah. And like, I, I, I'm proud of you, honestly. Well done for just going, now. Nah, it ain't for me. Although I'd suggest like if you're trying to get out quick comedy shorts then Instagram, Instagram might be a yeah. great way of going about it. Mm. And you mentioned Twitter as well. For, for comedy, mm. not for visual. Is not in my opinion. So what's next for you both? Uh, we'll go on the classic car show later <laughs> today. I might have fish and chips. To, oh, you mean in life? Um, well, no, tell me about the classic car show. Oh, well, the classic car show's coming. I've seen a few of them go past mm-hmm. after work yesterday. Yeah, in Seaburn today. When we're saying classic cars, like... Are we talking old cars that are considered like, oh, that looks good. A classic. It's, it's not going to be like an old... Nissan Micra from the 1980s. <laughs> oh, that's classic, that is. What did you... You said you spotted a really nice one. A lime, a lime green Cadillac, I believe it was. Oh, it's got like, those, the bench like, seats as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's bench massive. seats. It's like, it, it doesn't have like individual seats. It's like a yeah. long bench. So you can fit like seven people in the back. Not legally, thin. but yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, Drive don't safely. Do that. Drive safely. <laughs> this sounds incredible. Wear your seatbelt as well. And you've given up part of your day that could be filled with fish and chips and filled with classic cars. And you've come on Arty Party instead. Gladly. Oh, this was the highlight of the day. Like, seriously, like, been looking forward to this. Yeah. We've been talking about it for weeks. Lovely. It's a pleasure to have you. 
genuinely. Um, <laughs> but I should say, every time we have somebody on the show, we like to give back by putting a space on our website to them. So you can check out Hannah Rich on our website at the moment. Cameron, please get on that. I will. Mm, so I can help promote you just a little tiny bit more. Yeah, like, like I say, it'll, it'll be great when it's done, but I need to start it first. <laughs> but I think I've, I think I've actually created a, an empty file, an empty Word document that's saved uh, under the name Artie Party Profile Page thing. That's good. And I think it's actually legitimately called Artie Party Profile Page thing. <laughs> thing. <laughs> thing. Yeah. I can't work without a list. Yeah. I'm oh. a list maker. Yes. And I use the diary for everything. It does, yeah. It's such a good feeling when you tick something <laughs> off a list, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> See, I'd have to start the list first, which was like start writing it, I mean. That's, and that, that, that's, that's a job in itself. Mm. You can tick the first thing off then. Yeah, make a list. It's, kind of like, it's always the first done. thing on the list. It's kind of like making your bed first thing in the morning. <laughs> I've started making my bed now. <laughs> that's your so. so what's next? Other than today, I'm going to see you, Have you got stuff coming up that we can plug and promote? I or... have a sale. Oh my goodness, Hannah, yes. tell us about this sale. I'm offering an end of summer sale for portraits. So whether you want a family portrait, a portrait of a, an idol, like a celebrity, I do a lot of them. Uh, pet portraits, I'm offering 20% off of all. Do A3 and A4. Is that for the shop as well, for your prints? Or is it just for the custom? That's for the custom portraits. Custom. Yeah, but you can buy some prints online on my website mm-hmm. at hannahrich.net. That's hannahrich.net. I have some posters, Quentin Tarantino, for anyone who's seen the new movie. And I have The Godfather and I have an Audrey Hepburn print, so be sure to check them out. Hannahrich.net. Hannahrich.net. It's a great site. Is it Wix or...? Weebly. Weebly? Yeah. What? Yeah. I've not seen a Weebly in ages. Yeah, that's me. Oh. Weebly. So thank you both so much for joining me on today's RT Party. Not a thank problem. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Quick roll call. On today's show, we've had Hannah Rich, illustrator. Yes, hello. From uh, hannahrich.net. Mm-hmm. And Cameron Finn, comedian. Hello. That's Ozzy Osbourne. What <laughs> What? Have you not seen that video? No. Wait, no, it's when Ozzy Osbourne, he's, uh, it's early Ozzy Osbourne, and he's um, been taking in some uh, extracurriculum activities, let's say. And they go, we have Ozzy joining us today. And he's like, hello, what? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Brilliant, you have to watch the video. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining us on today's Arty Party as well. Arty Party is made possible thanks to funding and support from the Arts Council England through the National Lottery Heritage Fund and the Sunderland Culture Great Place Scheme. Hey, hey, if you're still listening to this, this means you enjoyed the podcast enough to stick around till the end, which is awesome. I would love if you could help support us in whatever way possible. One way of doing that is to help share us with your friends, family, colleagues, people you think might be interested in the show. Also, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from, that would help us out massively, help us reach more people. And also, if you haven't already, do subscribe to the podcast. That way, every time we launch a new episode, you'll be notified. But also, as usual, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to our five Patreon supporters who helped make this podcast possible. Thank you to Tel Irby, founder of Sister Shack, an all-female collective of artists, DJs, and crafters. 
Thank you to Nikki Kaur, the founder of Try Live TV, interactive storytelling for young people delivering social messages. Thank you to Joe Howell. She's a photographic artist based in Sunderland. And if you type in hashtag Untitled 10, you can see her most recent project. That's hashtag Untitled 10. Thank you to Stephanie Smith, a visual artist based in Sunderland, who was recently on BBC Radio 4's Drawing in the Dark. And also thank you to Laura Willis, who's going into third year of media production at the University of Sunderland and has a passion for speech audio production. These five people help make the podcast possible, so if you fancy joining them and helping support Artie Party, then do head to our Patreon account. It's patreon.com forward slash Artie Party. That's Artie with a Y. Party with an eye. Why I?